0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Best Damn Camp, a Ronverse Read Long and Analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Rolden in timeline order. I'm your friendly neighborhood lesbian author and host, Fran. Welcome back to the show. It has been some time, hasn't it? And I am really sorry about that. It. Well, the hiatus ended up taking a little bit longer than I thought. Mental health, book release, basically, so much stuff has been going on in my life, right? well, these last couple of months, and I just needed some time. I hope you all are able to understand and are going to be welcoming the time camp back when, well, when this releases and that you'll all be glad that I'm back. <laughs> some of you, I'm sure, will probably not be, but, you know, I'm just working on dealing with that and being okay with that, because I love Percy Jackson, I love what I do, and hopefully people do enjoy it as well and will be happy that I'm back So, uh, yeah, mini update. My new book is out, Way of the Wild. If you are interested, the links are in the episode show notes. I have a new podcast starting very soon called The Operatives, which is a spy media based podcast. So, keep an eye out for that. And um, yeah, I'm doing better with my mental health now, which is great. And uh, hopefully, this time I will be able to. Well be better in terms of focusing on my mental health. Also, if you can't already tell by the better sounding quality, or better sounding quality, by the better quality sound, I have a new podcast set up with brand new mics, brand new equipment, so hopefully you are all going to enjoy the sound this time around. Yes, it was a long time coming, I've been doing this for three years now, but it's finally here, so hopefully you'll enjoy. But anyway, Let me stop rumbling and let's get into the main part of the show, because today we are continuing, finally, our timeline journey with the House of Hades section entitled Interrupting Monkeys, which is from pages 57 to 96 and are from Leo's POV. As always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got plot, character, and generally what I thought of it. So let's dive in. So our overview for Leo's POV to just give you an idea and wrap up for what happens in this section. Leo is attempting to figure out the, panth- the Partheos' I can never say it right. The secrets, but he figures it's only magic, and that's why it unnerves him for how it works. After a lot of exploring, he heads to sleep and has the nightmare of all nightmares. Reliving his mum's death, meeting a figure of darkness, and choosing between death or being with the dead. It's no wonder he's not having a great time. A team meeting is had not long after he wakes up, as Nico has news about the doors of death, and pretty much all of it's bad. Even more so, both Hazel and Nico are keeping something back about that place, and what they are intending to meet. The bad news just gets worse when Frank notes the reality of the month of July being the ghost month in Chinese stories. Seven is a ghost number. They're going to be travelling in the seventh month, arriving likely on the seventh day. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just not great overall. It's not fun. But we don't get a chance to deal with all of this news when the ship is under attack by a pair of stealing short monkeys. Jason and Leo make chase as their stuff is stolen by said monkeys, and they find themselves unable to find them, until the monkeys find them themselves. It seems they want to be followed, but then it never already ended up going in their favour, as Leo outsmarts them into being trapped. They consider sending them to Tartarus when Leo has a grand plan, as he asks them if they're happy to steal from some people in New York. And that's basically the overview. Not kind of too much happens in this section I will mention, which is probably why you may be surprised that I have a section entitled Plot. But basically I just wanted to bring up the fact that the note of the ghost number and how the number seven brings you closer to the dead just kind of adds this extra layer of danger to the House of Hades and going there because the House of Hades, as Nico says, is where people during ancient Greece times would go... To commune, commune with the dead all year round. So, unlike what Nico, not Nico, Leah brings up, like, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, De la Mortes? Th- I'm going to be butchering the language either way, but the, the Day of the Dead um, for Latin American communities. Um, and then uh, Frank also mentions about China having celebrations of the dead as well. Uh, most, a lot of communities do which is really interesting, I do actually find that really interesting. We don't have that here in the UK but that's because we don't have interesting practices other than Morris dancing which, that should never have been a thing anyway. Anyway uh, (laughs) so I just thought that was just a really interesting thing to bring up because it adds this extra layer of danger of going to the House of Hades and to the Doors of Death because death is going to be closer when they reach it and also the additional fact that it's just interesting information just i didn't know about seven being the ghost number did i check to see if it was true considering that we know that rick is not the best at researching these things i didn't know the number four in mandarin specifically sounds like the number like the word for death which is why it's considered unlucky um I'm going to look it up now. Is seven a ghost number in China? Um, The number T in Mandarin sounds like even in Mandarin. So it's a good number of relationships. Also sounds like a rise. Seven can also be considered... Ah, there we go. Seven can also be considered an unlucky number since the seventh month, July, is a ghost month. Okay. So it is a thing. Okay, I'll give Riggs the credit, (laughs) but yeah, I just liked it. It's not really plot related, but I just thought it was cool. Uh, But for characters though, now this may surprise many, many people because I will actually be paying Leo a compliment. I know, I know, don't all gasp at once. But I want to talk about Leo in particular for characters because... Honestly, this is the first time I've actually been interested and impressed with Leo's abilities because his smart thinking here did impress me. Like, using the monkeys to their advantage by setting them on, com- on Camp Jupiter to keep them from getting to Camp half was actually really smart because it also adds into the fact that he used what he'd seen in the vision that Gaia had given him. <laughs> like, Gaia's warning is what led to him doing this. Well, at least that's my assumption. He saw this vision whilst he was dreaming about Camp Half-Blood being in ruins and Gaia saying they're coming soon. You know, you won't be able to stop them. It's inevitable, basically. Um, And my interpretation is that he used Gaia's warning as incentive to use the monkeys to, you know, stop Camp Jupiter from getting there sooner. And... Yeah, I've always known that Leo is smart, and actually also this is the first chapter, well not the first chapter, there's probably a few others but as someone who is autistic this is the first chapter I was kind of like actually yeah, no, I can see the headcanon of Leo being autistic it doesn't excuse him being a prick most of the time but (laughs) the thing of him trying to figure out about the statue and not really understanding it and wanting desperately to understand it and thinking what he would have done if he was making it etc etc was actually really quite interesting as well because yeah I do the exact same thing like obviously I'm not like engineering or builder inclined but just reading that section of him trying to figure it out and the frustration of not knowing and just thinking it's weird and all this sort of stuff just felt so real to me as someone who is neurodivergent um and yeah I just really enjoyed that part but specifically to do with the using the monkeys to their advantage it was just such a quick thinking moment there, um, and I just really appreciated it. Also, uh, <laughs> his reasoning for wanting to figure out the statue makes sense because, yeah, why is the statue important? What about the statue is going to make you know the war between the Romans and the Greeks stop? Admittedly, it's never ever explained. And that will forever be the thing that irritates me the most because we went to so much effort to get the statue, and um, there's no explanation for why it's important other than symbolism. Uh, it then does obviously introduce this whole thing of like it's like an added layer of protective wall, but like what does that have to do with stopping a war? Anyway, that's sorry, that's a later down the line thing. But I understand wanting to understand the statue and why it's important because. Yeah, we lost two of our best people technically in the seven because we've not got developed characters. Sorry, I am trying to stick to positive, but you know, <laughs> this is still me. Uh, and yeah, it just Leo made a lot of sense in this section. He was still well; he still basically lost my respect with his continuous insults in his in, in his internal narrative because he was just bad mouthing Nico and Frank the whole time they were having the meeting, and even afterwards a little bit. But mostly during the meeting, and that loses a lot of respect points from me towards him because Leo, that's not necessary. It's, this is the whole thing I always say about Leo. Rick tr- wanted to make him a new Percy, a sassy character, but he just ended up making him a bully because he just he was just too mean. But to stick to the positive. I did enjoy the fact that he had quick thinking with the monkeys, the fact that he was trying to figure out the statue, which, yeah, no one else was trying to figure out the statue, they just knew that it was something that would help stop the war, but why? And I want to know why as well, but we'll never know, and that will irritate me for the rest of my days. But that's basically kind of all I have, I know this is like a, even though this was what, like 20 pages? No, actually no, more like 40 pages. But just in general, that's kind of all that, that... That wasn't really much stuff that happened in this section. Basically, the only important stuff that happened here was the introduction... Well, not introduction. We knew about the doors of Death and House of Hades. The introduction of the level of danger that the House of Hades introduces, finding out where it is, the fact that Hazel needs to train in magic and only has like four days to do it, basically, to fight probably one of the strongest nemeses, Nem- Nemesis, I don't know how to say that word of Hecate when they get to the house of Hades as well as uh, the anti-Hecate who uh, who will be protecting the doors of death who like Leo is meant to defeat because apparently he can't beat fire but we did see in Leo's dream that he absorbed fire and Gaia says that he can absorb fire, so it leads to a lot of questions. But, yeah, so that that part was important. That part was interesting. Like I said, like, the seventh month, ghost month, all that sort of stuff. All really interesting stuff. But that was the only interesting part, and that was, like, one chapter. Not even a full chapter, it was, like, half a chapter. And it... Okay. Okay. I'm going to go to the slightly negative bit again, sorry. It's the reoccurring theme for me of we get interesting information and then filled in around it is stuff that isn't necessary. Yeah, it's cool that we do have the monkeys and like I said, that bit with Leo using his smart thinking aspect to figure out how to stop Camp Jupiter from getting there so soon, uh, getting to Camp Halfblood so soon, is great. But we didn't need... 20 pages worth of finding the monkeys, capturing the monkeys, figuring out what the monkeys were doing, then sending them on their way. Like, it was a lot of meandering, and it just didn't feel necessary. Yeah, so it, this is what I mean when I talk about the pacing issues with Heroes of Olympus, because this is, this is quite a long book, and This is just sort of an example of just adding word count. At least that's the vibes it gives, to a degree. But it still was a good Leo character moment, so you know what? I'll let it go. Uh, (laughs) And that's kind of all I have to say, really. I don't really have any other follow-up thoughts. Um, I... I can... Okay, so I'm just kind of going to end it really. I know this is going to be a really short comeback episode but like I said there wasn't really that much to talk about in this section beyond giving a little bit of respect to Leo. Minuscule but it's something for people who listen to me like Leo and don't like the fact that I don't like him <laughs> but that's all I've got to say. Uh, I don't think I will be doing questions of the episodes anymore uh, just because no one kind of really answered anyway which you know sucked but it's fine uh so I don't think I'll be doing them because no one was answering and I couldn't think of anyone for this episode anyway so (laughs) it works out all in the end so to wrap up again if you want to buy my books and support me consider doing so um they will be linked in the episode show notes if you want to get early access to all of these podcast episodes including the upcoming spy one as well, and all the other stuff that I do, though Entering Storybook is on hiatus to support the strike. That is also a thing I wanted to mention at the start, but forgot. I will not be talking about the Percy Jackson live-action show at all, because I support the writers and the actors during the striking time, because screw the studios for refusing to pay people a fair wage and agreeing to very, very incredibly reasonable demands. Um, I will be trying... I should be linking. Hopefully there'll be links there if I'm able to find ones i think i've still got some for donating and supporting the striking writers and actors uh, support them if they can uh, if you can sorry and yeah that's all i have time for thank you all for joining me for this week's section be sure to join me next wednesday as i continue our universe journey bye plug where you can find our podcast we're available on spotify apple Podcasts, audio boom stitcher and basically where we listen to your podcasts in the meantime between episodes you can find the best down camp on various social media at best down camp pod on instagram and twitter if you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode you can email the best down at hotmail.com or if you want to support the podcast you can head over to the patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks want more royal verse content check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran and if you want to support my writing career drop me a follow at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok again thank you all for tuning in as always i've been fran your very own hunter and i'll see just to you all next time bye